Welcome, MyDearBrother.com and MyDearSister.com. The answer for our faith, our faith in Christ, our faith in that by His stripes we are healed, that Jesus still heals today, and we're going to continue to talk about faith. Because I wanted to get this out of you of trying to get, somehow get more faith, like it's a currency that you don't have enough, that you're a few you know, nickels or quarters you know, out, that you need to gain some more. No, little faith. When Jesus uses little faith, he's talking to disciples, talking about little faith, but then he goes on, all you need is the size of a mustard seed. Well, that's pretty little. So he's not talking about size or you know magnitude. He's talking about short-lived faith because faith needs patience because faith does not work about patience. Faith goes from faith to faith to faith to faith to faithfulness. And that, that little faith means, you know, little endurance. Your faith gave out before you crossed that finish line. Faith is not a sprint. Faith is a marathon. So a short-lived faith or little faith. A Hebrews 12.1, it says, uh, talks about, you know, being life being a marathon. So put off sin and every, every weight that holds you back. There's a lot of things that's holding us back. You know, faith does take patience. Faith doesn't endure. But many times it's, it's taken longer because all this stuff that's on us because we're, you know, you know involved in possibly sin or involved in just the cares of this world. And it's just weighing us down, trying to do all these things. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Jesus rebuked his disciples over provision. So we're going to talk about in this particular episode about places where Jesus said, you have little faith or you have no faith. So, But here's Jesus rebuking his disciples over provision, um, having little faith. You know, God provided them for yesterday, feeding the 4,000. And, and he's talking about not, uh, about the leaven, not or to be worried, uh, not to take care of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they're thinking, he's talking about, oh no, we didn't bring any bread with us. And Jesus going, where's your faith? Didn't you know what I did just yesterday? So, so, so Jesus rebukes him and says, you have little faith, don't you remember? No, but we don't seem to have faith. It seems like... We wake up in the morning and the faith that we had the night before is gone. It disappears. It's like manna. Faith is like manna. You know, it's only good for a day. Then the next day you have to go out and, you know, gather some more. Uh, Matthew chapter 8 verses 23 through 27. Jesus rebukes his disciples for fearing the storm. You know, where is your faith? Why no faith? They're in the bottom. You know, they're in, Jesus told, tells them to go to the other side. And Jesus is actually sleeping at the bottom of the boat. And a storm's coming. And, and, you know, and, and water's coming up on board. And I don't know why Jesus wasn't awakened by water coming on board. But he wasn't. He was asleep. And the disciples, you know, get down there and wake him up. And say, don't you care that we die? And Jesus gets up and rebukes him and says, where is your faith? Some translations. Or why do you have no faith? And Jesus was asleep because he knew but Jesus was asleep because he knew that no storm is going to stop him from getting to the other side. We need to know when to rebuke a storm and when to rest through it. We need to know when to rebuke. Because, you know, I, I've been a, a part of the body of Christ that believes in rebuking storms. And, and I do too. Jesus did not believe that we can do. But it doesn't mean we need to be out there rebuking every storm out there. Jesus didn't seem to be afraid of this one because he knew the Father's watching over him. He knew Psalms 91. He knew that he was going to make, make it to the other side. So Jesus wasn't worried about the storm. You know, Satan can't do anything to you until you enter, until you enter in a fear. Jesus and it says in Colossians that, that, that Jesus took him out through public and stripped him of, 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 of his authority. And, and, and yeah, he has power, but, we're given, but, but we empower him with, with our fear, which is inverted faith to him. 
Satan can't touch even the garden. Some people, especially atheists, want to know how could a good loving father put his, you know, his son and daughter, you know, into a garden with the slice of all creatures. I mean, that's bad parenting. That's horrible. No, it wasn't because God told Adam and you know, Adam said, do not eat from this tree, you know, of, of, of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat from this tree, you will die. He tells them that. Satan then comes and does a three-point disposition, I guess, on, on, on Eve and convinces her. But if she wouldn't have listened to him, Satan couldn't have not have touched him at all. All they had to do was obey that commandment, and Satan would not have been a threat to him. The same thing today, and the same thing in this boat, is Satan cannot take you out of a storm. He can't take you out of sickness unless you allow him to by fearing and by allowing it to come on you. But here, Jesus is asleep. Jesus wasn't afraid to go to her side. And there are just some things that we just need to sleep through. You know, okay, rebuke that storm. But if God doesn't tell you to rebuke that storm, then just sleep through the storm. And some of you may need to get some extra sleep and sleep through that sickness. Satan is telling him, you better get up. You better fight this thing, you know, because he wants to wear you out. And you got to take hold. And you got to remove this demon. And you got to remove this demon. You got to remove the stronghold of this and this kind of stuff. And you're so worn out that now you're sicker than you're ever before. You might just need to lay down and trust God and rest and sleep through this storm. So there's rocks coming from the right, rocks coming from the left, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12. Jesus rebuked his disciples for forgetting the recent past of feeding the multitudes. Little faith. And we talked a little bit this before. And once again, our stomachs get in the way of trusting God and our daily provision. We want manna for the whole week. We want to make sure we have enough faith stored up today that we can make it all week so we don't have to present ourselves before God. But I'm telling you that Jesus said that, you know, that... That he is the vine and we are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. We need to be attached to him. We need to be connected to him. It's a relationship. We receive our very life, our daily bread by connect with him every morning that we get up. We need to spend time with him. We need to connect with him so we can receive our daily bread, so we can receive that faith, so we can receive the manna that we need for that day so that we can continue and not have breaks and have to start and restart and stop and start and stop and start and stop and start, but rather that we continue to go on because we're always staying connected with the Lord. But our stomachs get in the way and we want, God, I want to make sure I have everything I need today. And Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own worries that everything you need for today is in this daily bread. I have everything you need. But many times we have little faith because we're worried about tomorrow. I know one day, I went, uh, years ago, I, you know, I was involved in a street ministry where we handed out sack lunches and prayed over people. And and this particular time, I had to go to San Francisco for a business trip, and this, and I did this on Friday night, so I decided to go out, you know, in San Francisco and do it on their streets. You can talk about homeless, wow! But anyway, I went out there and I went out about some, you know, some bread and, and got some bologna and was going to hand it out. And I come up to this one guy, and 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 he, and I said, "Hey, let's sit down. I'll make I'll make you a sandwich." And he said, "Oh, oh okay, here." And then he goes on. He keeps on. He goes across the street and asks somebody else. So I was given what he needed at that very moment, but he was so, so afraid that he was going to have enough later that he forsook what he could have now. So you asked me, what did I do? Well, I walked away. I wasn't going to stay there. There's plenty of other people to help. I wasn't going to help him. So he lost his daily bread right there and maybe even tomorrow. 
And we do that as Christians. We do that because we're so afraid that we're not going to have enough tomorrow that we don't sit with God today and receive our faith, receive our daily bread, receive our manna that we need to make it through today. And so here is Jesus rebuking them, says, how can you already forget? Because they were worried about tomorrow. They're already worried about tomorrow and, uh, and not remembering yesterday and not living today. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to put you tomorrow, and tomorrow you can't receive from God. you got to receive from God today. So Jesus rebuked his disciples for getting the recent past and feeding the multitude and said, You guys of little faith. Um, Mark, uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 14. Jesus rebuked the 11 disciples for unbelief and hardness of heart concerning the gospel for others. So Jesus raised from the dead. So only the women showed up, and they even showed up probably for the wrong purpose. You know, they thinking he was dead, thinking they're going to have to, you know, um, prepare him for the long term. But, uh, but they saw that Jesus was raised, and they went back and told the disciples, and the disciples didn't believe him. And Jesus comes back and just rebukes them. Up and down, you unbelief, you hardness of heart, which is crazy because he rebukes them for unbelief and hardness of heart, and then he goes right into the Great Commission. Then he starts sending them out. <laughs> Whoa. After a big old, big old mess that they screwed up, they didn't believe God, then he sends them out because, well, that was God's 11. That was Jesus' 11. You know, he entrusted everything, you know, into them. But he rebuked them for unbelief and hardness of heart. You know, so Jesus then told them to go into all the world. So that's just a wow moment. Think about that. So, so even if God corrects you, even Jesus rebukes you up one side or another for having no faith, for, for having, having those hearts of heart, he'll tell you at the next moment, now go out, receive. You can have faith now. Eat your daily bread now. Take it now. Don't wait. Don't go be ashamed. Don't go under the covers and cry for a while. Get up and go because God's not holding that against you. Jesus is not holding that against you. He wants you to get up and go and believe. John uh Chapter 20, verses 24 through 27, uh, corrected Thomas for being faithless without, you know, without seeing, you know, because Thomas says, I refuse. Thomas says, I refuse to believe that Jesus raised from dead unless I put my hand in his wounds, touching his wounds. And that's just crazy. I refuse. He didn't say, I don't believe. He just, I refuse. He was stubborn. He put down his foot and says, I will not believe. I go to a rest home every every week to because I have a friend there. You know, it's not a rest home ministry, but I have a friend there that I, you know, talk to. She's 105, we 106 coming coming April. But there's this one guy that I was talking to there, and he called himself a scientist. He says I believe in reason. He said I believe in reasoning because he overheard me talking about Jesus to my friend. He says I be, I believe in reasoning. I refuse to believe the gospel. He refused it. I mean, he was only moments from dead, and I haven't seen him in a while, so he may have died. But he refused it. He refused to believe. It wasn't simply, I don't believe. It wasn't simply, I need. I don't have enough faith. He refused to believe. It means he could have believed, but he refused it. Denied it. Send it back. This steak is too rare. Send it back. This steak is too done. Send it back. He refused it. And that's what Thomas says, I refuse it. And here is, here is Jesus in all his mercy and all his humility. He says, here's my hand. Go ahead. Touch me. See if I'm real. See if a, you know, if I'm a ghost, if I'm a real person, if I'm really raised from the dead. Touch my wounds. And then rebukes Thomas and says, you know, tell him you need to believe without seeing. And we need to believe without seeing. We have all these symptoms. We feel all these symptoms. We're seeing the symptoms. The runny nose or, or the cancerous stuff or, you know, or the always 
urinating because of diabetes or the heart palpations or all this kind of stuff, we've got to believe without seeing. We've got to believe that Jesus is more than a ghost, but he was raised from the dead in a physical body. And so he knows the pain of death. You know, he took the pain of death from us. In fact, there was supposed to be no victory and no and no sorrow over or us. And so, so he's telling Thomas here that he needs to uh, he needs to believe without seeing. We're talking about little faith. He's talking about all these times that Jesus rebuked somebody for little faith or unbelief, because many times this is used harshly and hurt people. And so we need to know what kind of context this is in. You know that Jesus did these things. Corrected Thomas for being faithless without seeing. Matthew um, chapter 17 and verse 17 and verse 20. You know, um, Jesus rebuking a perverse and faithless generation. This Here's his father brought up his son. He was throwing himself in fire. The next time throwing himself in water. And oh, and, and the disciples couldn't set this this boy free. And Jesus comes up, comes down from the mountain of transfiguration. And, and he's a little ticked off. He just had a great moment with, with Moses and, and, and Elijah. Now he's got to come down and deal with these disciples. And he rebukes the whole group. This is the first time. Because every time that God, that Jesus, you know, rebuked somebody for being faithless, it was always the disciples. But this is the first time he rebuked the crowd. And he said, rebuking a perverse and faithless generation, a perverse or corrupt, faithless generation. You know, and then then the disciple then he calls the disciples back, and the disciples ask, "Why couldn't we do it?" And he says, "Because of your unbelief. Because you refuse. You know, because you don't believe." And then Luke uh, chapter twenty-four, verse twenty-five. This is Jesus resurrected from the dead, and there's some disciples talking about what happened, and Jesus uh, uh, joins them on their trip to Emmaus, the road to Emmaus, and he tells them that they're slow to believe. So maybe you're slow to believe. I've been slow to believe. God's had to rebuke me. I mean, how many healing scriptures do you need to believe that you're healed? There's only one more. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. Thing says, you know, you're always learning but never coming to the truth. We can be slow to believe. How many more messages do we need to hear to believe? So how much more do you need to know to believe? Always learning but never coming to the truth. Faith always requires unanswered questions. And that was my problem. I always had unanswered questions. But we don't believe with our, you know, with our heads. We believe with our heart. Confess with, you know, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And it says, it says another place where it talks about believe without doubting in your heart. There's always going to be unanswered questions up here. And if we got to wait till we have every single question answered, then we're not going to believe. Now, I do believe we need to go to God. We need to, you know, have answers for our questions. And that's why this series is so long, because I'm dealing with a lot of questions that people have, you know, have, but they don't have answers for. But I can't answer all of them because there are just some that are simply not answerable. And we'll, uh, we'll get to these in this, in this series. But if you're going to walk in faith for your healing, there's just going to be some unanswered questions that you're just going to have to trust God and believe God from your heart. Because your faith needs to go to faith, the faith, the faith, the faith, all, being faithful. And you're, the only way you're going to be faithful is having some unanswered questions. Mydearbrother.com, mydearsister.com, be well.